You wanna go to war? You got a war. You started it, we gonna finish. Check. <laughs> Microphone check. One, two. Was that really necessary? Oh, we just didn't have our uh, usual our mic checks. We usually do a mic check, so well, I started I, talking I when did you. Four while you were roaming around. So welcome to this is gonna be a really smooth intro for the episode. Episode thirty-nine of the Punk Off Podcast. Once again, Dan Destroyer, Chris Crude, and we have no guests today. I could uh, bring my second personality, or my third person, you know, my That's okay. my alter ego. That's all right. Uh, yeah, so we, we uh, decided we'd do a little uh, follow-up podcast about the uh, show at Club A's, a.k.a. The Warehouse, a.k.a. Andy's. So, uh, let's see, on the bill, we had uh, Andy first, and then... Uh, uh, Born Deprived, Desiring Dead Flesh, Trash Cat, Scare Me Green, and The Old Breed. A action-packed, powerful Wednesday night in the middle of nowhere. Bunch, well, of, bunch of bands. Sunday that, night. Yeah, it was last Sunday night there. Yeah, you said Wednesday. I did? Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know. Where the hell did that come from? I don't know, but... No, I, you stopped me in the middle of it. I said, uh, Sorry. What I was going to say is, you don't uh, see these are all pretty much all, well, except for except for Andy doing some solo stuff. I mean, every band there is like head, headline, headline, headline bars, you know, whether it's uh, Howard's in Bowling Green, Frankie's in Toledo. You know, there's a club in Defiance a lot of people play at. Yeah, Old Breeds played in Cleveland. So, yeah, I mean, for, for the area, it was definitely, it was a show show to be at. So we, we definitely had to be there. So, uh, yeah, it was good. Um, born Deprived, uh, they were late getting there. So, like, I heard so many people say, a punk show, start on time? Man, you know, you don't have to know how to play, all you just gotta do is Never, play. never. You can do that. So, it was still fun. Walked around, talked to a lot of people. People knew, met some new people. Um, got to uh, talk to uh, Brian from Desiring Dead Flesh. Awesome dude. Love that guy. Him and his family are cool as hell. Uh, I will definitely say, if you see Desiring Dead Flesh playing in your area, Go check them out. You will have an excellent fucking time. 
They're very crowd involved. We'll, we'll put it that way. We'll put it that way. I felt sorry for the guys. I mean, I know they, I, I know they expect it to happen, but when you give people foam weapons in the pit <laughs> and then throw cheap stuffed animals at them, yeah, you know, there's gonna be some damage done. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. Yeah, uh, uh, Mr. Schindler from the uh, NWO Militia has some some video from that set. He's posted the uh, posted two. Uh, what songs were they? Holiday uh, Suck was yeah. one. Because yeah, you, you made an appearance in that one as well. Uh, and then uh, the other one. What the hell was the other song? I don't remember. Because yeah, it had me in the pit. It was one of the last songs because everybody got up on stage and had like a 10 person drum solo. Drum solo. That's right. So, like I said, if, if you see him, definitely, definitely go check him out. Uh, he also had some awesome pins that he kind of beat us to the punch for. <laughs> the uh, Bowling Green Massacre was an inside job. I didn't get one of those. I was kind of bummed. I meant to grab one and I forgot. Well, maybe if you're a good boy, Chris Crude can find you one for Christmas this year. Awesome. So, uh, to go. Born Pride, good set. I dig those guys. They're kind of a, a, I wouldn't say traditional, but what, like, when you think of like street punk, that's definitely those guys kind of fall in that category. Uh, trying to think, well, trying, I'm trying to think of everything I wanted to cover, but uh, they had a good set. Crash <clears throat> Cat, awesome. Enjoyed them. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the crowd interactions as well. I wanted to cover. The one we're kind of—I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit because it was during the old breed set. But there was a uh, guy there with two girls. Now, granted, it wasn't a, a all-age show, but these girls were—I'm still thinking were probably underage. If not, they were just barely past legal age. But he had drank so much it looked like at one point he was kind of spinning out because he kept holding himself up on everything. And then uh, a pit started during the old breed set and one of the girls that he was with was very into getting a pit started on just about every song the the non stevie nicks looking one mini stevie nicks looking one yeah but then once it happened to finish your story she jumped away from it and smacked into him and he spilled a beer, beer right all it, over himself it, yeah it looked like it went up into his nose and into his face because she did kind of want like a cross X arm thing, kind of like right up into his arms. And yeah, because I, I, I had a good view of the whole thing when it happened. And it splashed beer in his face and he immediately got pissed. But I don't think, well, I know he had no idea who did it, but for some reason. He saw the guy jumping around, moshing around closest to him and decided to wind up and try and hit yeah, it him. Was, but it was Brian. I've seen everything in slow motion. I saw yeah. the guy was in slow motion. Yeah, he was in slow motion. Yeah, he thought it was Brian from Desiring Dead Flesh for some reason. So he did this really long, weird wind up and delivered a punch that probably has about the same impact as maybe a five year old on Brian's arm. And Brian was kind of like, well, what the hell's going on? So Brian talked to the guy and he looked like he got him settled down, you know, at least a little bit. I could see the guy was starting to get mad over again at one point because it was. You, me, and uh, Josh from 
Scare Me Green, we're all standing, we're all standing side by side behind this guy, and we're all looking at him, and I'm sitting there thinking, I think Josh was thinking about the same thing, or like, I'm like, am I going to have to put this guy in a bear hug and just kind of put him on the ground and get him to settle down? But fortunately, he kind of got over it and wandered away, which was a good thing. But because yeah, you don't you don't want fights starting in the Andes. You just you don't want it. So, but it was it was kind of technically you know, it's a it's a private party, so yeah. So people like getting the, hurt, cops showing up, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So fortunately, that that diffused really, really fairly easily. So, but yeah, I was, I was wondering if we were about to put him on the ground and just make him settle down. But he he at least finally got some decent judgment or something and just walked away. And it had been fun pulling some tag team moves because you could have got <laughs> you could have got him in a bear hug. I could have done a running clothesline. <laughs> just uh, just put him in a sleeper hold. I just keep lifting his arm, make sure if he's out yet or not, and call the match. <laughs> Shit. Ugh, so. Fucking sleeper hold. I'm, I, I actually won a few wrestling matches using like a head and arm, like a, like a judo flip kind of thing. Then when you land on the ground, you automatically have your arm around their head, and all you got to do is... Catch, catch, catch the arm and sink it in, and it's not. It's pretty much an automatic pin. Yeah. <laughs> but that was few and far between. That was my only moment of glory. So I relive it often. Okay, that's good to know. But uh, at any rate, hashtag. Uh, yep, yeah, holding up koozie with the hashtag. Uh, so like yeah, point, that, like point at WrestleMania. Yes. Whenever you're in the ring and the announcers mention WrestleMania, they got to look up at the sign and point. point. So when you said hashtag at any rate, I had to get the beer koozie and hold it up in the air proud for all you listeners and podcast land to see. So that went on. uh, Let's see. I did discover during the Desiring Dead Flushes that, yes, I do not have the stamina I once had in the pit. I was tired. <laughs> Old man got tired quick. So, but I still no regrets. Have fun. I was sore as fuck Monday. Monday. <laughs> I'm lucky I wasn't. I think I had a little too much to drink, and I remember hitting the deck. There was nobody. Like I, I was my own. Yeah, you mosh had, pit. Yeah, you and had, I hit the ground. I got tripped up. Staggered. Yeah, you, yeah, you did. You at one point, yeah, you hit the floor and there was nobody close to you to grab you. You did have a couple people help get you up, but yeah, there was nobody to catch you when you went down. Yeah, it's probably a good thing you were uh, well well lubricated with some with some beer at that point. So yeah, let's see. Uh, the trash cat it wasn't so much the beer; it was the banana peels. <laughs> So, uh, let's see, Scary Green, yeah, excellent set, as usual, had fun, doing some sing-alongs to a couple of their songs, well, which was another thing, going back, I guess, Desiring Dead Flesh, that was another thing cool about theirs, is they have their lyrics up on a little, uh, stand, so it was, you can sing it was along. Like, it was like their set list, and, you know, yeah. the set list, uh, the song name always had, the uh, words in the song, so... Yeah. 
you could sing along with it. And that was fun. And like I said, foam pit weapons. I got. Unfortunately, I did not get bag tag. I had a couple that were close, but <laughs> like I hit in the shin in the back more than anything. Oh, uh, let's see. Let's see. Scary Green. Uh, we did not get to see all of the old breed because since it was running late, people had to go to work in the morning, and Chris was a little, uh, little wobbly. Tired. Yes, tired. Because I had to go to work in the morning. Yeah, I had to go to work in the morning. So I, I think we probably only missed about maybe two, three songs, possibly. Oh, which I do. I gotta go back to it because Sam Potts, a vocalist for uh, Old Bree, brought it up as well online. Their uh, guitar player, when they were loading gear onto the stage, did you catch this or not? The Scorpion? Apparently not. He had his road case with his amp head. And I think he kind of forgot there's that smaller secondary step stage in front of the stage. And he tripped. Yeah, he must have been outside or something or hanging out with Seth or something. He tripped and fell up onto the stage. The road case landed on the main stage and he landed chest first on top of it. And his feet kind of did that scorpion up over the head thing for a second. And he held it there for like a second and it looked painful as fuck and you could hear like a pin drop for everybody that saw it but unfortunately he got right back up he's like I'm okay so I thought he was gonna go with the Mortal Kombat reference no no no, like, not, no like not, somebody not set, he set somebody on fire nobody pulled off their face and, and threw a threw a fireball threw a spear at him no on a chain no 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 he's the the scorpion move that's uh, known for like when you fall and your feet just about touch the top of your head it was one of those moves. I'm sure he had to be sore the next day from doing that, though, because that looked like it hurt like hell. But, uh, yeah, I had to share that. That was, that was fun. I was trying to think of some other stuff that was going on. Originally, we were going to have Josh on as well, but Chris and I kind of wanted to do this while it was still pretty fresh in our memories. Uh, we'll be doing a show with Josh or pretty soon again, talking about the uh, upcoming EP, the Big Lee EP. And, uh, Sacred we'll, cows. We'll be we'll be covering some more Randy show on that again as well because I'm sure there's stuff I've forgotten. But uh, uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember other moments of the night. I seen Dick Wings. Dick Wings. Yes. Don't know who the guy was. I think he's either a friend of Trash Cats of the old breed, but he's all outside. Having a cigarette around the bonfire, and they started talking about tattoos and this and that. And this guy oh, shit. <laughs> pulls down his pulls down his pants, and hikes his underwear up. Gave himself like a wedgie, and on his inner thigh, had wings like eagle wings, like on his inside of his thigh. So those were his dick wings. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. <laughs> I was still a bit inside at that point. Which also reminds me, was that the same dude that was had the Michael Graves story? I don't know. He's pretty tall. I had, oh, uh, no, it was a different dude then. Beard, if I remember. I don't know. He's Yeah, different different dude then. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, Chris and I also discovered, because there was a guy that had that was talking about his Michael Graves story. And that's the thing you and I said. It seems like most punks have a Michael Graves story normally. I don't. I don't have one, but... 
most other punks that have been, especially the later Misfits show, has a Michael Graves story. And we got to hear uh, this dude's Michael Graves story. He was an asshole. Which is kind of seems to be the general consensus for most people I've talked to that have ever been around him. But I don't know for sure. But. Nope, even though I was in a band that, well, really it was past the Michael Graves scene because it was the, wasn't the original Misfits. It was the Misfits with the Ramones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And uh, a couple of years later, ended up opening for Danzig, where him and Doyle were Doyle, doing. and they did a few songs. So, yeah, I've been with a couple genres of those guys, but not the Michael Graves version. So Chris doesn't have Michael Graves story either. No. So, like I said, I just thought it was funny. So that that's half the fun of going in. It's just hearing all the other stories that are being talked about. Like I said, I just found it amusing. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, see, this is the thing about even doing this a week later. I know there's stuff I'm forgetting that I'll remember later. But it was fun. Once again. Go to Andy's. You're going to have a good time. Andy made sure I left with some art this time. I don't know where I'm going to put it. I can't, I don't, I'm not even allowed to hang my own art in my own house. <laughs> I don't go somewhere. I might go out in the garage somewhere. But, uh... I know I got in trouble one time. The wife was hanging too much of her own stuff on here, and I made the mistake of saying sometime it's... It's like, it's like every time your kid makes something in class, you got to pin it on the refrigerator. But only you're doing that to the whole house. Oof. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't too happy with me uh, for a while. I'm sure not. Oh, so okay. That's a, that's the thing. I've been married long enough. I sometimes don't have the filter that I know I should. Should yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else were. Well, uh, let's see, WrestleMania's coming up. Points at the big uh, sign. Yes, points at the big sign, Sparkle. Um, that reminds me, I had a couple other wrestling things I wanted to talk about, but I don't remember what it was. Not I was uh, thinking about throwing a little WrestleMania party if anybody's interested. Swing by the place and enjoying the festivities. That's... What's next Sunday? What's that? The thirtieth? Yeah, I think so. Or no, it can't be because no. today's the twenty-sixth. Next Sunday's the second. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because Saturday officially is when the Bigly EP is released. You sure this just isn't an April Fool's joke? No, no. It's the, I think the album itself is part of the joke. But. Or the EP itself is part of the joke. When did uh, April Fools come about by pulling pranks and not just random I shenanigans? No, no, I should have uh, researched that. I don't know. I know there's sort of a history to it of some sort. I just don't. I don't know what it is. Okay. Go to the Google. Yeah, no. I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Did 
I'm trying to think if you and I talked about this on the last podcast at all, when Scary Green was here or not. But the uh, no, I think it was just you and I talking, maybe going to Andy's, about the uh, page sex tape. I said something about it, but I wasn't gonna. Yeah, I didn't really get into. Th- oh, I'm going to. <laughs> so, <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I. It, I did. I haven't searched real hard for it either, but I just kind of wanted to know what the deal was after you and I talked about it. So I got online, and apparently it's supposed to be several years old. It must have been either right around the time she was leaving NXT and getting more into being on Raw and everything, where she was doing a transition. But I did. You realize who the sex tape was with? So it's Xavier Woods. And. And? Brad Maddox. Really? The guy that was like a ref part-time and almost did like some general manager type stuff, some backstage stuff. See that? Yeah, I didn't read that. It was, yeah, they were. But yeah, the uh, WWE's trying to bury that a little bit. And I watched a video on YouTube with a guy talking about it and like with the various WWE sex scandals that have been over the years. Because he said that was Hulk Hogan's biggest problem was was all the racial slurs he made while filming the sex tape. They said that was really the biggest thing of why uh, Hunter and uh, McMahon decided that they were just going to shun him completely. Because they said, you know, sex tapes with wrestlers has happened, I wouldn't say fairly often, but it's common enough that, you know, it happens, so they're just kind of like, well, you know, I guess, and they just kind of look the other way and just keep moving on. But they said, yeah, with Hogan's, they couldn't really, because. That's funny that they're trying to do that because Vince McMahon's known. He's how many black champions has he had? You know, how many times he dressed people up like African or like some like just a stereotype uh, yeah. and running with it. Yeah, well, that has been brought up before. It was kind of. Uh, hypocritical sometimes considering some of the crap WWE pulled so that's true but it's a business uh, I listened to uh, somebody well, Cole Cabana's podcast and uh, I forget the, uh, I forget which guest it was I remember he's also on Doug Loves Movies every so often too but uh, oh okay well it's running on the battery yeah I better plug that in Chris just discovered that I did not have the extension cord plugged in. So it's a good thing I got batteries in our recorder as well. Thank you. We're all plugged in now. We still on? Oh yeah, it's recording. I can see We're still on. It's blinking. Yeah. Yeah, I can see the remote from here. I can see the red record light still on. So yeah, that would have been uh, really embarrassing and kind of would suck to try and redo all that again. So... Okay, so uh, wrestling. Um, oh, I know something I want to talk about for uh, movie related. So I had never seen Willow Walker and the Chocolate Factory in its entirety, the original. I'd never seen that in its entirety before. How'd that happen? You had, I don't know. You had to I, go through a, a childhood period sometime. You my know. parents never. I know walked. you. You. We ended up too cool to watch things like that. Yeah, well, my, For a my, while. my parents never watched it, never had me watch it, and I don't know, somehow I made it through all these years, and I realized I've, I'd seen parts of it, never seen the movie all the way through, so 
I was in a Walmart or somewhere and they had it on the DVD on sale for like three bucks. So I'm like, well, for three bucks, I'll buy it. And so I started watching it. And actually, you know what? I haven't really finished the last of it, but I'm at the point where I know what happens at the end of it and everything. But uh, several things occurred to me in this movie. A, it has a really long setup, which a lot of movies they filmed in that era, they were still doing that a lot. But uh, whoever... Oh, you mean like uh, actual story building and yes. plot and not a bunch yeah. of car crashes? Yeah, yeah, because nowadays it'd just be like, they'd have like a five-minute scene where they discuss how poor Charlie is and they'd go from there instead of actually setting it up. So, but hashtag at any rate points. Uh, <laughs> there are some things now that don't. Uh, I'm like, hey, whoever wrote this really does not care for children. They think uh, children are the biggest fucking brats ever, for starters. I concur. Two, there are some scenes that are really kind of play out creepily now. And I'm not even talking about like the boat acid trip thing. The Candyman sequence at the beginning. When you watch it uh, in 2017, you're kind of like, this guy kind of comes off as a pedo a little bit. He's got the weird 20s middle slicked hair with the curls at the end, and he's just continuously giving kids free candy. He's not taking money from anybody, but he's like, the Candyman can. Not going to make the world taste good. It's kind of creepy when you watch it now as an adult and with, you know, just being jaded and shit that's wrong with the world. You're kind of like, it's... <laughs> now if a parent walked in on that, they'd be like, hello, police? Well, especially that, the big white van that had free candy spray painted on yes. the side of it. Yes, that scene. The director's... No, but I think I think you're projecting your fears of the universe into this film and that's where the actual setting up the plot lines gets you because you're filling in your own blanks okay but I think that movie kind of lends for a lot of that anyhow and by the in in, in uh, not invert but uh, subtle drug references that are in it as well I, I didn't get that really the boat scene didn't didn't seem like that was oh that's that that's that uh, <clears throat> movie took the lyrics out of that Marilyn Manson song. There's no earthly way of knowing yeah. which direction we're going. going. Yeah, it was something about which way the wind is blowing, and yeah. Now I also realized there are things, quotes from that movie, that got really used later through other things. I was familiar with that I didn't realize until I watched that movie that's where it came from. Like, button, button, who's got the button? I've heard, I had heard that before, and I think actually the Animaniacs used it more than once. Yeah, the family was so poor. Is that what it is? Is No, no, no. When he was, uh, I'm trying to think if he was getting ready to introduce the uh, everlasting gobstopper machine. Oh. He was looking for the button to start it. Yeah, what's up with having four bedridden grandparents all at the same time? Except one is miraculously not bedridden anymore because he's going to get good to go on a factory tour of candy. He was faking it the whole time. Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think it's a welfare reference because he got all them lazy people sponging 
And then finally, you know, they decide. Well, we're doing away with their health care. They're going to have to go back to work. Plenty of jobs out there. Yeah, they still looked in good enough shape to do some wall building. Yes. They could, they could help build that wall and get some money. at least, something. So, yeah, that was just kind of my just initials. And, yeah, most of those kids were just obnoxious. Kids, kids are obnoxious. Yes, I don't have, that's why I don't have any. Kind of like a woman, you have to have a firm hand, but yet know Jesus. how to know how to use it sometimes you know you have to know how to use it and know when to hold back dan destroyer does not endorse chris Cruz's comments in any way shape or form <laughs> which reminds me of another thing because point of the part of the whole movie also was supposed to be the fact that what charlie wasn't supposed to be as big of a brat as the rest of these kids and that he listened in mind but yet him and grandpa Decided to have some fizzy lifting drink and almost died. But yet, since they didn't die or get caught up, they didn't have to have Oompa Loompas come carry them away to get them fixed. It was okay for some reason. Because they snuck back into the tour group. I just, another, that was another, you know, story, just like life. When you're a kid, like, I was always sneaking a drink out of my mom's Pepsi when she wasn't looking. Or, you know, and you then, you get older, then, you, then you steal beers out of your dad's refrigerator. And it was just a parable, a story of life to let you know that, you know, if you go steal fizzy things behind people's back, you could die. I think you need to write just like a parable online about your theories, since there's other theories about movies like like Wizard of Oz and you play, play Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon at the same time. Or is it The Wall? I think it's... It's The it's Wall. It's Dark Side. Is it Dark Side? Okay. Yeah, it's supposed to. So, yeah, I think you need to write some parable on how Willy Walker and Chocolate Factory is uh, just an analogy on life. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Yes, it's damn true. Well, what do the uh, Oompa Loompas represent, then? What do they represent? Yeah. <clears throat> I think they re represent the socioeconomic downfall of the modern man. Of, you of know, unions and fair trade and... <laughs> you can't see this, but I actually really cracked him up for once. <laughs> It is. It's like a union of people being exploited. Yes. There you go. Either that or... You heard it here first, Punk Off Podcast. It just... Well, it, 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 it kind of makes me Walker think... was an inside job. Why... Why are uh, pretty much all hotel cleaning staffs manned by non-native speaking... Maybe they're American. I, I don't know if they're legal immigrant state. I don't know. I can't say. But it's some reason that is a job that tends to attract that sort of thing. And I think they are being abused by the system. And it's also a prophetic movie because uh, uh, the uh, German kid 
putting his hands in the chocolate represents uh, Trump getting involved in the uh, Dakota pipeline and just making it now okay for uh, big business to exploit uh, Native American land. And actually, I do think this is bullshit, not all joking aside, but since, yeah, he did okay that I, Friday. I don't know if you got that or not. No, but it makes me think of the last few years when the state of Ohio has been selling off uh, state park, yeah. like preserved areas for fracking. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, we've had a uh, pipeline. Did you know? I didn't know this until I drove through. Just south of here, we've had another pipeline go through fairly close to us. I didn't realize it out by the reservoir, of all places. We're on the south end. Well, it was north of us last week. Great, we're ensconced then by big oil and their fucking greedy finger. I'm not going to get too much on my platform, but I've always thought it was, I don't know. Big oil does whatever. Big oil and the uh, train industry do whatever the fuck they want. And... Yep. Was uh, in Bloomdale at the beginning of last week, and they were running just uh, north of town, crossing... 23 on Friday. All right. Yeah, see, I go the wrong way for to catch all this stuff usually anymore. Uh, but, okay, yeah, I'll get off my soapbox for a second. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. I've always, I've always thought the Native Americans have kind of gotten a fucking raw deal anyhow. Let them have their land and let them do whatever the fuck they want on it. And the fact that now this, you're just like, nope, yeah, you don't get it anymore either. It's kind of bullshit to me. But that's just my personal views. Uh, all right, it's too serious. We'll move on to something else. We'll do some more dick and fart jokes, I guess. Right? But, uh... Dick wings. Dick wings, yeah. Maybe that's what we should entitle this episode. Good idea, good <laughs> idea. Like, if, uh... Whoever listened to this, if they know... If they were at the bonfire, know the dick wing dude. Give them some props... Yes. For me, and uh, hope to see you next time at Andy's, but not your dick wings. <laughs> I don't need to see that again, but I've, I've, I've got a story to last a lifetime to tell my children. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to cover. Uh, oh, yeah. Buddy uh, mine. JP from Bro You Got a Podcast. He did a really interesting thing. I've just caught. I haven't finished it. It was uh, it was like a pre episode, episode, and then an episode because he's talked about. He's in his thirties. He's on Tinder, and he's kind of talked about before how it's kind of just a huge joke in a lot of ways. Just if you really, you know, if you're really looking for someone and trying to at least build the foundation of of. Uh, a relation, an actual relationship. Uh, Tinder is not the thing to do it on, but he did kind of experiment, sort of, where he actually found someone that was a wasn't a bot for starters, and two who actually would knew like actual punctuation for English, and so she must have, if I remember right. Because uh, the first episode was him kind of setting up all of this that happens 
later. Or actually, I guess the prequel episode was filmed after, or recorded after the date. But she must have, he'd been talking to uh, this woman on Tinder, and she must have researched him and found out he had a podcast. So I believe she actually came to him with the idea of recording their first date on a podcast. Which I thought was kind of an interesting just social experiment, really, for... I don't know. It's interesting. I've been listening to it, and she's actually very, uh... Oh, how do I want to put it? Conversational. Knows some things. You know, it's... So, Not like me today? Yeah, me neither. I'm just kind of tired of that. That's part of my problem, but... Another rainy, dreary day. Yeah, that's part of the problem as well. So, and I was going to try and build up, getting off subject here, trying to build a pedal board for all my uh, pedals for my guitar. Went outside to do it yesterday, stood outside for like five minutes, and I'm like, nope, going back in. It's too shitty, too cold. Didn't help. I was doing outside stuff to the house that has needed done for a couple months. And it was cold, and it just made my bones hurt after a while. So yeah, after a while, the last thing I felt like doing was more work outside, so I packed it in. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, JP's, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I don't remember, actually I could probably look real quick, you know, if, if you're... So uh, he's gonna, instead of... What do you do? Swipe right instead of swipe left? Well, he hits hearts on his uh, setup, but for uh, he actually found somebody that actually found interesting. So she had brought up the, well, why don't we record it and see kind of where it goes? So I thought that was actually kind of an interesting idea. I mean, you and I are way past that because we've long been married for a while now, both of us. I was going to say, we could bring our wives in here, but they'd probably just talk amongst themselves the whole time and the rest of it would be nagging us to get stuff done around the house. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, where is it? Oh, there we go. Unplayed. Uh, episode 40 and 41 of uh, Bro, You Got a Podcast. I would, I would suggest, you know what, if, if you've never listened to JP's podcast before, I would suggest downloading episode 40. It's uh, 16 minutes long. And he kind of sets up everything. So then if you think it's something you'd be interested in, then download episode 41, listen to it, or stream it, whichever you, whichever you prefer. Uh, I've not been, uh, finished episode 41 yet. I am... Uh, wow, i still got that two hours left in it. Uh, it's got to be less than that. But Eric, hashtag hey, hey. points. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to get a banner up in the wall of Parts Unknown that says <laughs> hashtag at any rate. But just start pointing at it every time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's fascinating to me. Because to me, I don't know. This, he is really documenting a part of his life for all time. I mean, you and I get on here and talk about stuff. And that's generally what a podcast is. But can you imagine, like, okay, let's just say, for example, like when you had, if podcasting had come earlier, like you decided to podcast the birth of your first kid. 
Just kidding. <laughs> It'd be kind of odd, but yet that document, obviously documented in history for at least the rest of the time that the internet was available. Yeah, I don't remember, like, uh, visually a whole lot of that, you know, like seeing the pictures, rewinding the video in my brain of all the events. Mm -hmm. But one thing that does stick with me is the smell. <laughs> the, the smell of the hospital room with all the warm, steamy afterbirth and everything uh, that yeah. coming out. Of like I heard a, that like a, a newborn baby does, does not smell good. Yeah. You know, you see pictures on TV of a perfectly clean baby. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Comes right out, uh, then you give the baby to the mom, and it's perfectly clean and happy already. That's, 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 that's not the way life really is. No, they had us in, in high school watch, I think we were freshmen, maybe eighth grade, watch for sex education. Like It was like a 60-minute movie, and it showed an actual birth happening. And yeah, this woman had a lot of afterbirth that came out with the baby. You know, some cultures preserve that and cook it. It's supposed to give you life, you know. They, it's almost like beef jerky, you know. You let it cure for a while. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you, let it, you let it cure. Man, I, I like beef jerky. Now I'm gonna, every time I look at it, I'm going to be like, ah. Oh. No. Chop it up, put it in the stew. Yes, I. I don't know exactly what the I forget what the rationale behind it was, but I know there was some cultures and yeah, I, I've, some I've heard New similar. Age enlightened Americans do things like that sometimes. Okay, makes me think. What about Hardee's? No, what is that? No, not Hardee's. Arby's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arby's. Yeah, because the Hardee's is closed around here. So, I don't know if they're still. I don't know if they all changed to Carl Juniors or not. This is a ringing endorsement for Carl Juniors and Arby's now for Funk Up Podcast. Enjoy a fine Arby sandwich. It's like eating labia, and you put in the right sauce. Afterbirth. We are never going to get a fucking sponsor at this rate. <laughs> Maybe we're sponsored. <laughs> you need to just start saying Arby's, what beer you're drinking. Arby's, Maybe Arby's, we'll get a beer sponsor. Arby's, Arby's competition just paid us to say that. <laughs> you hear that, Rallies? You want to <laughs> You can pay us I'll eat talk. the shit out of some Rallies. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that okay. Big Buford? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, we tried on the uh, NWO Metal Militia podcast to get White Castle to sponsor us. That still didn't happen, but. Most people hate White Castle. Yeah. Jeremy and I fucking love this shit. I don't know. I, every time I go to Springfield, I, I stop at White Castle. I don't know. I'm not a fan of onions. See, I, I'll, I love onions. I got bread, bread. I, I didn't. I, I didn't like them as a kid in the way I was 
dealt with, you know, didn't cause me to, or <coughs> give me an open mind to try them later in life. Is there a parable for that in uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Something similar? Like, gonna uh, say something about what's like your Veruca name? Salt. She, exactly, she doesn't like chocolate Veruca. and she don't chew gum. <laughs> something like that. It's funny, I was gonna use his name Veruca. As far as what? Just in this example or? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I guess it shows you and I have been hanging out. I wouldn't say too much, but we've known each other long enough at this point that. You're finishing my sentences, dude. Not cool. <laughs> oh, so, uh, I guess I'll start wrapping this up. I think that was all I wanted to cover this week. Um, but yeah, the the warehouse WrestleMania and uh, page a little bit. Oh yeah, WrestleMania. Just if you're interested in coming to the party, hit me up on Facebook. I'll give you a, a real address. I don't know if I'll be able to. Chris come Crude, come or not? We'll be working in the studio earlier that day, and I don't know what's going on later. I I might have family stuff going on. I'll see. If I can make it, I will. But if you want, go. It, it'll be a fun time. Who's all on the... I have not been paying a lot of attention, but who's all been on the bill for now at this point? I'm sure Orton is. Orton and Bray Wyatt. Speaking of which, not... Sorry. You know, it's going to be a Jericho and uh, Kevin Owens. Wow, yeah. Because Goldberg took out, you know, Kevin yeah. Owens in 30 seconds. Did he spear him? Why, why, yes, yes, he did. Why, that, why, that's odd. There, there's a whole backstory to it. Jericho was messing with them outside the ring, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about that, but. Uh. And, yeah. Yeah, that was the one thing, uh, the other podcast that Colt Cabana, I was listening to, the guy that was on there, because he talked about how WWE is like a bad relationship for him. He keeps watching it every week, hoping it'll get better, and he just ends up being pissed. By the time it's done every week, especially like the pay-per-views, and that was the biggest thing. He's he's complaint is <clears throat> most recent complaint was the fact that uh, Orton was kind of supposed to be like the good guy after he burned down Bray Wyatt's house. He yeah, said, that's his, kind his of a little, shitty little, fucking his, lesson. His little scary shack out in the woods. Yeah. He goes, this is kind of a scary fucking lesson to teach people that, oh, you're a hero after you burn someone's fucking house down. So, and I kind of had to agree, but I don't know. Like I said, I've said it before, and I guess this is my movement, so mm -hmm. do, do, do away with the... talking heads. Yeah. Do away with the guys that used to write for soap operas and let this shit, let these guys work this shit out themselves. It is more entertaining in the end. Yeah, but now uh, WWE is uh, like a publicly traded product on the stock market, and you got yeah, you got to now they're involved with go to your Trump and shareholders, and you know you can't let these guys wander off and do something that might be against the company to lower your share and revenues for all your yearly dividends. And yet the independent circuit is still thriving just fine. I wouldn't say thriving if you're filling up 
high school gymnasiums. I know, but there's of, still a lot of them out there anymore, and that's not always been the case. I mean, because I think a lot of people, and I do too, if I see independent wrestling on, I will watch it. it. A lot of times it's more entertaining. Although I must admit, you sent me the link to the uh, Southpaw Wrestling. That was funny. So, I, I did find, I watched the whole thing finally. So, yeah, Rick, Rick Flair... That's the Ric Flair impersonator doing the KFC commercial. Was that was entertaining? Woo! Quietness. Yeah. Oh, uh, that does remind me. Also, there were a lot of uh, uh, Macho Man shouts, wrestlings, and OES at the warehouse this time around. I was proud. <laughs> Yeah, I introduced you a couple people by that name. What, Macho Dan? Or Macho... Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah, you did. A couple people. The Macho... The Macho Man of the Punk Off Podcast. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, uh... Another little sidebar here. Uh... Macho fan Randy Savage has got some new videos up as well. Public uh, public safety again, or yeah, uh, uh, basically, uh, basically uh, uh, you're using uh, special care, 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 save the special move for the big boss, yes, 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 like final fight, final fight, final fight, save them special moves for the big boss, 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 big I don't know, though, because in a lot of games, you know, you might want to... The big boss always has, like, ten dudes running around him trying to get you first, and you might want to take out a wave of them and then hope you build up your move again okay. for the big boss. Right. So it can work out both ways. This is true. All right, well, I think that really about does it for this episode. We've got Mini Macho Man and some cold fries just chilling on the table. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I want to thank uh, all the bands and Andy's uh, showing up. Had an excellent time. Really want to thank the guys from Scare Me Green. Those guys have started to become weird close friends of ours. But I like I like hanging out with those guys. They're hilarious. It, it helps. They're they're home, the hometown heroes, I guess, so to speak. <laughs> or they're not here. Oh, yeah, I guess so. oh no, I'm just uh, <laughs> thinking. Think, think of something to say, you know. It's another good show. It was, like I said. Appreciate uh, Born to Pride coming, coming out. Trash Cat, Old Breed, Scammy Green, and Desiring Dead Flesh. Uh, speaking of which, uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll end it on that. Uh, outro song this week. We'll be playing some. Uh, Desiring Dead Flesh for you. And uh, with that being said, balls. Balls? <laughs>